0: Uh, verse number eight. <laughs> then came Amalek and fought with Israel and Rephidim. Man, I wish that was it. I really do. I so wish that was all there was to say. But this is exactly where people view and simplify what has taken place and that means they have a very small purview because you get a little sidetracked with the first line but we're going to we're going to unpack it all so that the work in the kingdom can advance Moses said unto Joshua, choose us out, men. In some uh, descriptions of this, uh, some of the old writers uh, imposed their thought of of Joshua's um, peer group. And they weren't all super young, but they were mostly probably in his, somewhere in his bracket. And so that they would subscribe that Joshua would find the people or the men who were anxious for the fight, the youthful men. Tomorrow, I'll stand on the hill and I'll have the rod of God And Joshua did as Moses said to him and fought with Amalek and Moses, Aaron, and her Aaron is the brother. her is the brother-in-law. And they're on the top of the mountain and Joshua is in the valley. And they're all at Rephidim. And I feel pressed of the Holy Spirit to... To share the word of the Lord with all the people. I, I do want all of you to know wherever you've come from, wherever your origin, God has a plan for your life. If there was ever a day for you to be founded in the Lord and stable in the house, this is the day. This is the time. Our world is not getting better It's going to get worse, but there is a, and there is a darkness over our world. But as the adage has so said, the darker the night, the brighter the light, and we are the light and the salt, and this is the place for your life. Amen. Everyone said in Jesus' name. I pray the anointing of the Holy Ghost on all of us. Amen. Turn to someone close by and be kind before you're seated. Would you do that? Just say something kind and you may be seated. I give honor to all the men and women the ministry of this house. I give honor today to all the leaders and servants of the Lord, all those who give of their time, of their effort, their energy. I give honor to all the Sunday school teachers that sacrifice their morning. Give honor to all the people who prepare, and even after we're gone, we give honor to all of them that clean, help, serve, give, and with our hands, let's just do that one more time. We give honor to all the people that make the church work. Amen. Just reading a few verses here in Exodus 17, it might appear that this is a common battle in which Israel is fighting. If, if you put it in the cauldron of the hundreds of Old Testament battles and wars, then It might get tossed about as just another one of the many that occurred in their historical account. But Rephidim is a unique place, and not only is it unique uh, in its location, but the timing of the battle is also um, an isolated moment. Most of the military conquests happen long after Moses has died. In fact, he will not oversee very many of these very troubling moments. If if we just take a view of the biblical narrative, God purposely kept the children of Israel out of battle because he knew that they were not equipped to fight. In fact, in reading of the scripture, when he freed them from Egypt, he led them around the long way and brought them to the Red Sea because the shorter way had a conflict and they were not ready for battle They neither had the will or the knowledge of how to fight. They were a multi-generational nation of servants, not warriors. Very few of them understood combat, maybe none. And so when the time came, Moses turned to Joshua. And he had Joshua choose men he thought might be qualified. It was not Moses that chose them. It was not, in fact, even the entire group of men of Israel. It was those who would follow Joshua and those who had the will to fight. But the other issue was that they had just been in conflict with Moses. and It was not just Amalek, but the prior verses, which I did not read to you, displayed the great need of water. Before God opened up the mouth of the rock and gave them water, it was a dry place and the people had become angry because need, unfulfilled need, invokes emotions in the lives of people. It was a place of argumentation, not debate. They were arguing. Debate is the healthy exchange of differing differing viewpoints where each side takes a cause, refutes, possibly defends. Maybe there was a rebuttal. This was not a place of debate. This was a place of anger and accusations. If you read in the Bible, it was a quarreling. In fact, they even named the place a place of quarrel. This was dry land that caused them to question the very leadership and integrity of Moses. And this was not the first time that they did so. Dry times give rise to complaint and anger and quarreling and always has and always will. Life does get hard. Life does become lonely. Things often fall apart and all of a sudden people will blame God or leadership. Worst of all, they'll blame the doctrine. I've heard it with my own ears. It cut me to the core. They said, I was doing better before I was baptized. As if the doctrine itself... Or your baptism caused you the suffering that you go through. You will suffer no matter who you are. But you can suffer and be saved or you can suffer and be lost. (laughs) The doctrine of being born again of the water and the spirit is found in John chapter 3. Jesus said, no one's going to see or enter heaven unless you're born again of the water and of the spirit. So don't throw away the doctrine when life gets hard. Rather, you should embrace it even more because life will get hard and there will be trouble and there will come temptations and they will arise and you will be offended. Jesus said you will be offended in this life. You will be offended and not all of the offense will come from people you don't know. Some of you will be offended by people that are in the church, (laughs) And if you're looking for a church without offense, don't go. You show up and you are also offensive to somebody. Sometimes you'll offend yourself. (laughs) Well. But if you think that's peculiar than you ought to read the bible when peter wrote beloved think it not strange concerning the fiery trial which is to try you as though some strange thing happened to you i have to pause here a little bit and just tell you i know this (sighs) who are you that you think you're above the fiery trial why should you not go through a hard time and a trial why do you think it's strange for you to suffer The litany of all the apostles and disciples and followers of Jesus Christ went through suffering and pain. But it's something about our American mind. We've been sold a lie that when you find the Lord, then you'll have no issues in life. That's not true. That's not true. this I'm going to say it without a good Zig Ziglar filter. Who do you think you are? that you should come to God and that everything should be smoothed out for you. And you don't have any valleys and any hardships and any low times and no dry places. And you think, well, I just thought when I got saved that there would always be flowing rivers of water and I would never be groping. And every time I call for God and and every time I ask the Lord that he would just come through for me. And I've never gone. I don't understand why I'm going through a hard time. I'll tell you why. Because in this life, you're going to have don't think it's strange when you go through issues and fiery trials as if some strange thing happened. It's not strange. It's common and part and parcel to your walk with God. Peter said the next line, "Rejoice because now you get to participate in the sufferings of Jesus Christ." So please tell me, who told you that there would be no lonely time? Who told you there would be no sickness? Who told you that 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 if you go through a trial that God hates you? He does not hate you. Or there has to be something wrong with Acts chapter 2 or the preacher or the church. What? No way. That's a lie of the devil. That's to confuse you. Listen, this is not your home. Don't be looking for heaven down here. There is no heaven down here. Don't be looking for a good time down here. I'm not trying to live my best life right now. I'm trying to live the life pleasing to God so I can have my best life. Your best life is eternal life. Amen. I have no prosperity message for you. Although I know that garnishes large crowds, but I do have the Bible. Don't think it's an odd thing when you experience painful, not if. Those things are just helping you identify with the cross of Jesus Christ, and I quote, so that you may be overjoyed and rejoice when his glory is revealed. Famine, ladies and gentlemen, is part of your journey. Struggle is inevitable. We are and will be opposed by the world, by the devil, by false brethren, by life, sometimes opposing ourselves, as the Bible said. (coughs) So when you get to Rephidim, just know he is the same God who opened the Red Sea. And when you're struggling and you have no water, just know he healed the bitter waters of Mara and he can heal whatever's in your life. Just know when you get to the dry and famine time, He's the one who covered you with a cloud and guided you with a pillar of fire and delivered you from the hand of the oppressor. The Lord did all of that. And He did more than we have yet to see. In fact, do we really think that God has done only what we have seen Him do? No. He was working on your behalf when you were sleeping. He was working on your behalf when you didn't know Him. He was making a way out before you ever became tangled. He was bridging a gap before you even knew that there was a need to get over something. You were just walking while he was protecting. You were just living while he was providing. I've got a word for somebody here. God has already been doing the work in your life. Don't think that he ever left you. He never left you. Even when you did not find him, he knew exactly where you were. Even when you are low and down and thirsty and needing, God is working on your behalf. He looked at his disciples and said, hey, don't be troubled. Don't get in a hurry. Don't be anxious. I go to prepare a place for you because what I'm going to do is something higher and greater. as a mansion. Yes. But just so you know, the complaint has a name. It's a quarrel. It's a discontented spirit. It seeks harm. But it's really an affront to God. Moses cried out. What shall I do unto this people? They be almost ready to stone me. The battle of Rephidim was not just against the enemy. The battle began with thirst. It was a natural battle. It was a natural affliction. It was the depletion of life along the way. Because on the way. Sorrow comes, and loss, and hunger, and wanting, and trials, and frustration. It's not just about the devil, or the enemy, or supernatural wonders, or lifted hands, or angelic interventions. It's about trust. And trust is never known until there are no answers, and you must trust. Can you believe in God when you are depleted? Will you blame someone for your situation? Israel blamed Moses. Moses. Whenever they faced an impossible situation, they turned on Moses and blamed him. Yes, he was the man of God, and yes, he was the prophet. So says the Bible, but no one cares when they're not getting what they expected. He led them to a dead end. He led them into misery. He led them into parched and dry lands, and they said, what kind of leader is this? And then he turned to God and said, hey, they're ready to stone me, Lord. What should I do? The battle was not just at Rephidim. It was not just, it was not just about a location. It was all the things that went with it. The issue was not just about the horrific actions of the Amalekites, though they were despicable. They are the enemy and the enemy repeats the same offenses over and over again to destroy and wound and hurt the weak. The answer against the enemy is known. The battle that occurred there was more than just defeating the Amalekites because, believe it or not, the enemy without is always easier to defeat than the complaining people within. The church can defeat the advances of the world. It will take work and devotion and adherence to the Scripture. It will take a dedicated and consecrated life. It can't live like the world and defeat the world. It can't be part of the world and defeat the world. It can't walk like the world and talk like the world and dress like the world and drink like the world and, and speak the things of the world and defeat them. I don't know what you've come to see here today. I'm not here as an itching ear. I'm not, gonna, I'm not, I'm not a hireling. I got to tell you the truth because something's got to happen in our lives for the kingdom to come here. Listen. You don't want a lie. A lie might make you feel good, but it is a decay, and it'll destroy your life. What you want is the Bible. You want the word of the Lord. You want the Spirit of God. You want truth in the inward part. Yes, you do. Amen. Amen. That's right. The church can defeat the world, and it's going to take dedication in homes. Consecration in daily life. <laughs> Integrity in, on Monday. And let's shout on Sunday, but let's have Holy Ghost on the weekend too. And the devil has no power to wipe us out, though. There will be spiritual and demonic offenses. I don't always say these things because I don't want to invoke something in you or provoke anything in you. I'm washing the dishes just the other day and something walked right by my window. I knew exactly what it was. It was that same image that I saw a couple of years ago at four o'clock in the morning. I'm not startled because I know there's a demonic spirits running around not happy about what's going on. They're losing. their the principality of this area is losing control. and The prophet told me that when the when the spirit loses control, it, 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 it shows itself. We're, we're, we're winning the battle. There's a, there's a holiness and a godliness and a righteous people breaking out in this, this corner of this city. It may not be the only place, but praise God, it's happening here because we're going to have a Holy Ghost time. We're going to have the spirit. The cloud has got to be here. It's not a man-made thing. It's not me. It's the Holy Ghost. Amen. I face spiritual attacks, and so do you. They are common. Sometimes it's darkness, and sometimes he uses people. Spiritual things. Like a man driving, picking up a hitchhiker, just picking up whoever, not knowing who got in the car. Got to be very careful what you pick up along the way. You don't open up your life to everything. You can pick up something in your life and infect your spirit and open up your ears and eyes to something. and You might know it's wrong, but if the, if the wrong seed is planted, it'll do damage in your life. I've I'm, I'm, got to preach the word. I, I know the evangelist is coming next week, and you're going to be healed. But today, we're going to get right. <laughs> well, maybe. <laughs> All those things are here, but they are always easier to defeat than a disjointed, quarrelsome people. So I'll preach in hopes that we live with ourselves in Christ Jesus and we present our bodies as living sacrifice. I'm preaching because the battle is both within and without and we have to overcome all of it in order to reach our city with the gospel of Jesus Christ. Souls are on the line, ladies and gentlemen, ours and theirs, here and there, never dying forever eternal souls. So I have to say it and you can help me. I will overcome. I will prevail. I will be planted. I will rest on the strength and the wisdom of the most high God. I will call on the name of Jesus. I will plead his precious blood over my life and my family. I'm going to get up when I'm pushed down. I will rise up when I crumble. I will overcome when I feel defeated. I will see the rivers of living water flow even in the desert saying, I will. I'm going to prevail. I'm going to make it. I'm going to strive for the kingdom. Amen. And besides all this, God never intended them to even stay at Rephidim. They were just passing through. And it begs the next question, can God lead you through a desert without you losing trust in him? He leads me through the valley of the shadow of death. He does not lead me to live there. He leads us through hard times and trials, but he does not lead us to stay there. Rephidim was a place to trust God, a place of dependence on the Lord, a place of consecration and courage. But most of them failed because they did not like the conditions that was offered. The dry land, however, is easy to fix. The rock that followed them was always filled with flowing water. They just didn't know it. God did give them water out of a flint rock because God's provisions always follow you. Even when you stumble and you fall and you lose yourself. Here is the scripture. Surely goodness and mercy shall follow me all the days of my life. I didn't even know how good it was, but every time I mess up, goodness and mercy is following you all the days of your life. Goodness, his goodness has been following you. Even when you don't know he's good, he is good. The whole earth is filled with the goodness of the Lord. His mercy is new every morning. In fact, when you woke up, new mercy, new grace, new faithfulness. is able. If it was not so, you'd just be burned up. You'd be gone. You'd be a smoldering ash. But the mercy of God is new. It's faithful every day, every day, every day, every day. Grace, 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 grace. Grace keeps on coming. Grace keeps on coming. You cannot exhaust the grace, and it's not lessened. it does not less. Every time you think you run out, there's more grace, and there's more grace, and there's more mercy, and there's more mercy, and there's more grace, and there's more grace, and there's more mercy, and there's more strength, and there's more help, and there's more love, and watch it watch it. Every time I walk around, there's something, there's something that's helping me and God just give me more grace. His grace is abundance. You can't run it out. You can't, you can't it. the mercy and the grace of God. So I'm wondering why are you afraid and why are you in misery? The Lord has never depleted his grace and his mercy. Complaining about no water. Nobody's nobody even wondered what's that rock doing there again? That rock has been following us. That stone has been following us. What is that? Never even knowing because we don't compute this. Water doesn't come out of a rock. It doesn't come out of a rock. But that's the limitations of the elements on this earth. But God has no limitations. He made the elements. He made the rock. And even though you can't figure it out, he can give you provisions from sources that are impossible. He can give you help from places that's impossible. And you'll look back and say, I didn't even know there was help there. I didn't even know there was provisions there. I didn't even know I could get a love. I didn't know anything was happening. But God has been good to you. Amen. 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 The dry land, that's an easy fix. It's hard for us. But you add to that scene, you'll find a nation of untrained men and they didn't know really what war was about. Watch now, the Amalekites are killing people. In fact, they're picking off those that are struggling to keep up. And while Israel is marching the Amalekites, waging battle against those who were struggling, those that are behind, they're assaulting them. They're taking whatever little things they have. And Moses looks back to see the weak ones being wounded. And Exodus 17 does not tell us the whole story. But when Moses recalled what happened, he said in Deuteronomy 25, he's recalling it. He said, Deuteronomy 25, remember what Amalek did unto thee by the way when ye came forth out of Egypt. How he met thee by the way and smote the hindmost of thee, even all that were feeble behind thee when thou was faint and weary and he feared not God. Moses would not allow the enemy just to pick off the weak. He was concerned about those who are faint and weary. That was the shepherd in him. That was 40 years of shepherding school in the backside of Midian. It taught him something about the wolf and the lion and the bear. The enemy goes after the weary. He goes after those who are not grounded and those who become weak by the hardship of the journey. So Moses called the energy of his youthful apprentice and said, oh, here's what we're going to do. You get your guys together. You get your youth group together. You get your young men together, whoever. I'll go up to the mountain. I'll raise my staff. You raise your sword. Why? Because we are not going to lose the faint or the weary. We're not going to lose those that are struggling. I'm after you that are struggling. I'm after you that are weary. I'm after you that that are discouraged because I'm not. A, I'm not going to stand here and preach and think that you're just going to make it on your own. But I'm praying and I'm fasting that God will cover you. And I want to tell you, you cannot give up now. Do not stop now. Living for God, be faithful, be consistent. The battle is almost over. The Lord is on your side. Aya batahasa. His mercy endures forever. His grace is undepleted. His strength is made perfect in your weakness. Baha. <laughs> Pastor Shock, I've f- I've felt this today. I. I... <laughs> I feel like I'm up somewhere. It, it, it's not It's not the lofty place. I'm not talking about that, but I'm up somewhere and I'm feeling an intercession. I'm preaching the intercession message today. We are going to overcome. We are not going to lose faith. I pray, I, I'm not Moses, but I feel like I'm interceding somewhere in the spirit world right now. You didn't walk in this house just because you thought you should come, but the Lord has drawn you and the spirit of the Lord has wooed you and the Lord wants to love you. He wants to restore you. He wants to, to lift you up and embrace you and you might say to me well pastor i always come here yes but if you're weak god's going to help you if you're sorrowful god's going to give you joy he's going to give you joy he's going to give you strength the goodness and the lord and the mercy is following you And hear a pastor when I say, if you've been complaining or you've been quarreling. Put it away. It doesn't matter. The Lord has everything you need. Stop arguing and complaining. You don't understand the goodness of God has been following you all morning long, all week long. And when you could not find him, Job said, I look for you, Lord, on my right hand. And you were not there. I look for you on my left hand. I could not find you in front and in back. But I know that you know the way that I take. I feel led in the Holy Ghost to say something to a father. All right, Dad. It's time. Put aside everything. Go back to the worship leader that you were when you were first saved. And no one can keep you out of the altar. I want to talk to a man right now in this house. You're pivotal. You're important. You're weary and you're weak. But you're not gone. And you're going to be saved. You're going to be helped. All you have to do is have a little faith and trust. God's been with you the whole time. He didn't leave you. He didn't forsake you. All you've got to do is just step right back into the water. And the Lord is going to just bring you right back up. He's bringing you right back up. I'm looking at some men here today. God's gonna restore you. He wants to bring you back now. He wants to bring you back, Lord. I got some mercy following me. I got some grace following me. There's gonna be water flowing out of your flint rock there. There's gonna be provisions coming from places you didn't ever see. Goodness and mercy is following me power and mercy and the flow of the Holy Ghost is following me. I feel it. I know it. I've got 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 it. it. I'm not squinting. I'm not giving up. Hear me, Father. Hear me, Dad. If you'll make the first move, your family will make the rest. They're waiting on you to make the first move. Come on. Come on. Come yeah, <speaking in Spanish> I'm so far from being done with this word, but the Lord has just taken this right here. So come on, Dad. Come on, men. Come on, men. I, I I know the Lord is calling some men here today. I'm not trying to leave the ladies or the children out, but there's some fathers in this house. You're about to make a step. you got to make it in the right direction. satarabaha. <laughs> Okay, here we go. Are you ready? Here we go. Men, husbands, fathers. I don't know how this works because I didn't, I didn't make this up. I'm going to put my hands up. I'm going to put my hands up. That might not look like much, but when Moses lifted up his hands, something was happening in the valley. When his hands got weak and his hands went down, the enemy started to prevail against the people of God. But as long as he had his hands up, this is a spiritual thing. I don't know how this happens, but it's got to be God. Listen, if we're going to make it, it's going to have to be the Lord. So I'm going to put my hands up, and the anointing of the Holy Ghost is going to come on you. Everybody stand with me right now. And when the anointing comes on you, He's going to open to you a victory in your life, an overcoming victory. In the name of Jesus. In the name of Jesus. Before we do it, let's pray. Right now in Jesus' name, Lord, you have orchestrated this time. And I pray right now, Lord. We're standing on your word right now, Lord. Let there be healing. Let there be provision. Let there be unity. Let there be righteousness. I pray, Lord, let the Holy Spirit be in this house, Lord. There's not one of us that's good enough, Lord. Not one of us is is great enough. None of us are, are righteous enough, Lord. You are our righteousness, and you are our strength, and we're just groping to find you. But Lord, in your word, you said that you would be with us, that you would give strength, and you would give life, and you would give understanding, and you would give wisdom. So I pray right now, let there be a spiritual intervention today. I pray for every husband and father, every man in this house i pray god let there be a revival in every home i pray after this day is over that there'd be a continual overflow of revival in every living room in every family room and every kitchen table i pray right now in the name of jesus open it up something's been following us the whole time it's been you god yes I'm going to lift up my hands and I want everyone just to begin to shout with your whole, whole heart and your voice. Are you ready? Just shout to God in the name of Jesus. Come on, great army of God.